Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 29. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If you've been with us on Wednesday evening... We've been going verse by verse through 1 Samuel. And I'll tell you early, I have titled this sermon, are you listening? I've titled this sermon, Demarcation. Demarcation, because the next two chapters are the line of demarcation in David's life. The next two chapters are probably the most important chapters in the life of David as David makes a decision to follow the Lord. David makes the decision, whom are you going to serve? And that's a decision every single one of us has to make. You got to make a decision, who are you going to serve? Who are you going to serve? David comes to that tonight. Now, at this point in 1 Samuel, David has been running from Saul for approximately 10 years. You know that. Chapter 27, we find David is spiritually exhausted and weary and tired. And when you're weary and tired, You often make bad decisions. So David packed it up and he moved to the Philistine city of Gath. And when David got to Gath, David stopped, uh, Saul stopped chasing him and now he can rest. But as I told you, that's not a good thing because David is outside of the will of God. David is in the place of compromise. Are you listening? Because he has to submit to the Philistines. And so David finds rest in the Philistine city of Gath. Achish is the king of Gath. David asked Achish if he could stay in a small city outside of Gath, and Achish said, sure. And he gave David and his men the city of, anybody know? Ziklag, very good. Ziklag, take your pen. Ziklag is 23 miles southwest from Gath. Ziklag is outside the city. Ziklag is outside of Israel. Ziklag is outside of the promised land. Ziklag represents a lack of trust in David's life. Ziklag represents false security for David. But more importantly, listen, Ziklag is outside of the will of God for David. Now, let me just say, I don't care where you find yourself. I don't care how successful you are or how much money you make or how many awards or how many accolades people give you. If that's not the perfect will of God for you, then it won't work. And there'll always be trouble. Might not happen now, but it'll happen later. And that's what we're going to see later in the chapters as we continue to read. So David and his 600 in debt, stressed out and discontent men, their wives, David's wives, with an S, wives, Ahinoam and Abigail, Ahinoam, the Jezreelite, And Abigail, they are David's wives, the soldiers, this is all the company that David has, the 
the soldiers and their wives, dogs, cats, goldfish, everybody takes up residence in Ziklag. It's a big company of people with David. Now, chapter 27, I want you to look at chapter 27, verse 8. Just peruse with me really quick. Chapter 27, verse 8. David, David attacked and slaughtered the Gergesites and the Gerzites and the Amalekites, men, women, children. He left none alive. David is telling Achish he's killing the Israeli people, but that's not true. Achish is thinking David is great. This is a great thing. David is on our side. Look at chapter 28. Just kind of go with me in chapter 28. David knows he's not in the will of God. And now Achish has made David his personal bodyguard. Look at verse 1 and 2 of chapter 28. Made David his personal bodyguard. David is in a pickle right now. Meanwhile, Israel mourned the death of Samuel. Look at verse 3. Before Samuel died, he told Saul to put all the evil people out, the mediums, the spirits, out of the land in verse 3. Verse 4, Saul had put the mediums and the evil people out of the city. The Philistines made an aggressive attack against Israel. And Saul was afraid, not feeling that God was with him. Verse 5, you, you keeping up with me? The Bible tells us Saul inquired of the Lord through dreams and the Urim and the prophets, but God didn't answer. And when God didn't answer Saul, he had his servants go find a psychic who was living in, anybody know where she was? Endor, you know that, commonly known as the witch of Endor. And so Saul is lost. He's so carnal. He's so desperate. He goes to the devil for answers. He asked a witch to call back Samuel so Samuel can tell him what to do. Well, look in verse 15 of chapter 28. The woman called up Samuel and spoke to Saul. Samuel spoke to Saul and Samuel said, why do you disturb me? Amen. Amen. If, you, if you're in the presence of God and somebody calls you back from the presence of God, I told you what will happen if you call me back. Were y'all here? Were you here on Sunday? Did I say it Sunday or was it the Sunday before? Was well, Sunday before? I said if I one, I want to die right here in the pulpit. This is what I would like. This is my request. My request. And I, y'all will think I'm just sleeping because I'm tired, but I'm gonna be dead. And 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 I'm gonna be in the presence of the Lord. You can count on that because I know Jesus and He's my Savior, and I know I'm going to heaven. I'll clap for myself. Amen. Yes. All right. Now, if y'all spiritual people want to pray me back, because that's how Christians, y'all want to pray everything. Y'all want to have a prayer circle. Lord, bring him back. Lord, don't let him die now. Lord, his work is not here. Done on this earth, Father. And if I come back, I told you, I'm going to punch the first person I see. I'm going to punch you in the head. I'm just telling you right now, I'm going to punch you in the head. I love the Lord. Don't judge me. Pray for me. But I'm going to punch you in the head. Because I'd rather be with Jesus than to be here with you. Don't get me wrong. I I love you. I love you. I love you. But I don't want to be with you. (laughs) I want to be with Jesus. So Samuel comes back. And he says, why you bother me? Why you disturb me? 
Samuel pronounced judgment on Saul. Look at verse 18 of chapter 28. Samuel then pronounced judgment on Saul. Saul was depressed and he wouldn't eat and the woman prepared some food. Now we're getting into verses 21, 22, 23, 24, 25 of chapter uh, 28. The woman prepared some food for him and tried to get Saul to eat something, which tells me, listen, this witch of Endor wasn't that bad of a person. She was like a good witch. (laughs) Don't quote me on that one. But she wasn't that bad of a person. I mean, think about it. You know, we think of the witch of Endor like she had the pointy black hat on and, you know, she had a hook nose with a big ward on it. And she just, you know, that kind of witch. This is the kind of thing we have in our head. But I don't get that impression from this woman. She was, notice she said, uh, look at verse 22. I'm just reading the Bible. Look at verse 22. It says, uh, she said, please heed the voice of your maidservant. So I get the impression she wasn't that bad of a woman. I mean, she wasn't like standing there, you know, stirring a cauldron and snakes and lizard's tails and all of that. And then in verse 22, she said, listen to your maidservant again and eat something. And Saul refused and everyone encouraged him to eat something. And he did. Well, in verse 24, the woman had a fatted calf in the house and she killed it. Now, that's very telling. Listen, that's very, very telling. Obviously, the devil business must have been pretty good for her. Because if you had a fatted calf in the house, you had some money. So she made some bread and she put it before Saul and the servants to eat it. And they got up and they walked off into the night. Again, I've titled this sermon Demarcation. You'll know why in just a second. First Samuel chapter 29, saints, we pick up in verse one. I think it's so short. I think we should just go ahead and read the whole thing and then we'll come back and have some comments. 29 is real pretty, pretty short. All right. First Samuel chapter 29, beginning in verse one. If you're looking at verse one, say amen. Well, then the Philistines gathered together at, and all their armies at Aphek and the Israelites encamped by a fountain, which is in Jezreel, the Jezreel Valley. If you've been to Israel with us, you know, we've been to the Jezreel Valley. We've seen it. And the lords of the Philistines passed in review by hundreds and by thousands. But David and his men passed in review at the rear with Achish the king of Gath. And then the princes of the Philistines said, what are these Hebrews doing here? And Achish said to the princes of the Philistines, is this not David, the servant of Saul, king of Israel, who has been with me these days or these years? And to this day, I have found no fault in him since he defected to me. But the princes of the Philistines were angry with him. So the princes of the Philistines said to him, make this fellow return that he may go back to the place which you have appointed for him and do not let him go down with us to battle, lest in the battle he become our adversary. For with what could he reconcile himself to his master if not with the heads of these men? And is this not David of whom they sang to one another the song and they danced and they said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? Then Achish called David and said to him, surely as the Lord lives, you have been upright and you're going out and you're coming in with me in the army is good in my sight. For to this day, I have not found evil in you since the day of your coming to me. Nevertheless, the lords of the Philistines don't like you. Therefore, return now and go in peace that you may not displease the lords of the Philistines. And so David said to Achish, but what have I done? And to this day, what have you found in your servant as long as I have been with you that I might not go fight against, underline this, the enemies of my Lord, the king. And then Achish answered and said to David, I know that you are as good in my sight as an angel of God. Nevertheless, 
the princes of the Philistines, they don't like you. He shall not, he, they said, he shall not go up with us to the battle. Now, therefore, rise up in the morning with your master's servants who have, who have come with you. And as soon as you are up early in the morning and you have light to depart, David, you need to leave. So David and his men rose up early to depart in the morning to return to the land of the Philistines. And the Philistines went up to Jezreel. Saying, so stop right there. I told you chapter 29 is pretty short. Chapter 28, the Philistines gathered together. You know this if you were with us. In chapter 28, the Philistines gathered together right about verse 4. They gathered together um, uh, in this area to fight the, the Israelites. And they're ready to deliver a death blow to Israel. The two armies are squared off in anticipation of battle. David now finds himself in a place that he thought he would never be among the ungodly, ready to fight against God's people. Now, it's possible that they're in the area of uh, Gideon Springs. Uh, You guys remember we went, we've gone to Israel. We we tend to try to go to Israel every two years. And if you're interested, go, we're planning a trip in 2017. And we generally do go to Gideon Springs and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful area. Um, we usually drink the water like they did in Judges and men, you know, lean down and lap the water and so on and so forth. So this area could be, uh, we're really not sure, but this area could be the area of the Gideon Springs. Verse one tells us that the Philistines gathered together their armies at Aphex. Now, if you were with us in chapter four, it was in first Samuel chapter four. Saints, I need you to just listen to me. All right. It was in 1 Samuel chapter 4 that the Philistines defeated Israel and slaughtered 30,000 soldiers, and the Ark of the Covenant was uh, captured. And so the Philistines come back to the same location, Aphek, the same location, thinking that this area works for them and it'll work in their favor. So get the scene. The armies are squaring off and they're getting ready for battle. And uh, there are five cities. It's called uh, Pentopolis. P-E-N-T-O-P-O-L-I-S, or T-A. P-E-N-T-A-P-O-L-I-S, a pentopolis. A pentopolis is a, a gathering of five cities. So the Philistine leaders are referring to these, the, the pentopolis or the five major cities of the Philistines. We know that that is Gath, Escalon, Ekron, Gaza, and Ashdod. These are the five major cities of the Philistines. So the leaders of these Philistine cities are gathered together. These armies are passing by in review. I don't know if you've ever been in the military, or and if you have, then you've graduated from boot camp. And when you graduate from boot camp, you kind of pass by in review. You know, all your family members come and all the various... Um, People and all the troops are lined up on the side of the road. I remember when I was when I graduated boot camp, I uh, actually got set back a week. Now, if y'all been in Navy boot camp, you know what this means. I got set back a week because um, I, I like passed out on a run. We were running. Um, they were running fast. <laughs> that, that, they, they were, and I was not you. I'm from Philly. The only thing I run from is gangs. I mean, I, I'm not used to these long distance runs. And so 
I just passed out or something. I don't know. Anyways, they, they put me in the hospital. By the time I got out of the hospital, I had missed four days. And in boot camp, if you miss, y'all know I know what I'm talking about. If you miss three, four days, um, you get set back a week. And now you got to go to a different company. So I got set back. I finally do graduate. And my mother, she comes. And of course, all family members come. My mother, she comes from Philadelphia. She flies to Chicago. I graduated from Great Lakes um, in Chicago. And my mom comes from Philadelphia to be with me to see me graduate. So we're walking by and there's, you know, all the different, you know, groups that are, you know, walking, passing by in review in these troops. And I am the flag bearer. I remember that. I was a flag bearer. I was proud. Okay. I was a flag bearer. Y'all know in boot camp, you know, you're 18 years old and they ask you to be the flag bearer. It's like, oh man, y'all know I am the bomb. Y'all know I is... So the flag bearer is the guy who's right up front. He's got the flag and he's bearing the flag for his particular company. So we are marching and we're passing in review. And all of a sudden we, we see this lady like way in the distance. And she's like standing in the middle of the street doing like this. She's like, I'm like, I'm like, going, I'm going, whose who's mother is that? Man, is that woman crazy? What is she doing? She's a weirdo. I'm like, tell, pass it back. Weirdo in the street. Weirdo in the street. And all of a sudden I go, that's my mom. I'm like, mom, get out the street. It's not cool. You're embarrassing me. And you're 18 years old. You don't know. And you're embarrassed. So I, I kind of get this scene as they're passing by in review. And, and the, that was really, I will never forget that story. That was like 25, how many years ago was that, honey? I, good Lord, I was in the military 13 years. That would have been 40 years ago. Ooh, no, 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 37. Who said that? Mark, you're smart. You is smart. You is kind. <laughs> and you's a good boy. <laughs> you are smart. I couldn't, I couldn't do that math. Say my, but it's at 37 years. You're right. And so my mom is standing in the street. I'm like, I, I get this, that they're passing in review. So there's thousands of men, and they're going by, and David and his men came by in the rear behind King Achish. So King Achish is up front. David and his, y'all stay with me, his 600 distressed, uh, discontent, and in-debt men come marching behind um, King Achish. And this is a place, again, David thought he'd never be ready to fight against his own people. As they're marching, you gotta wonder, at least I wonder, what David's men are thinking. David, what have you gotten us into? We're in a battle against our own people. We're walking side by side with the enemy to slaughter our own people. Look at verse 3. The Philistine leader said, what are these Hebrews doing here? And Achish said, this is David, the servant of Saul. He defected to our side. He's been here and been a faithful fighter for us. I haven't seen any sign that he's a traitor of any kind. He's turned into one of us. Now, I've said this in the past, haven't I? The unbelievers know exactly how believers ought to act. Don't they? The unbeliever knows exactly what a believer should and should not be doing, even though they are doing what they should not be doing. But you're a Christian. You claim to be a Christian. 
And if you claim to be a Christian, then the unbeliever has every right to expect you to behave like a Christian. Even though they're not. So unbeliever look at you and go, what you doing in the club? I thought you were a Christian. Ain't y'all going to church tomorrow morning? Don't y'all Christians go to church on Sunday? What you doing in the club? It's like uh, 11 o'clock at night. Shouldn't you be getting ready for church in the morning? Church. In the morning? They know what you should. What you doing drinking? You ain't supposed to be drinking. What you doing buying a lottery ticket from 7-Eleven? I'm just working. I'm working right up here. I'm working. What you doing buying a lottery ticket? You ain't supposed to be buying no lottery ticket. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Say amen. You ain't supposed to be doing that. But see, the unbeliever, they know what you should be doing, and they will remind you what you should be doing, where you should be. Well, look at verse 4. The Philistine leader said, what's up with that? And they were angry with Achish, and they said, we're not having to send him away, and don't allow him to go to battle with us because he might turn on us. They're like, are you kidding me? How do we know that David and his 600 now battle-hardened men won't turn on us? What better way for him to reconcile with Saul than to see our heads rolling down the street? They said, listen, Akish, put your thinking cap on. This is David. This is the same guy that's had the number one single for like 12 years. Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. People have been singing that song forever. You know, it's like Louie Louie. I'm right about it. Louis, Louis, Louis. Oh, we well, gotta go now. What to say? What to say, y'all? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody knows it. Everybody knew this song, and they knew the song. And they said, listen, this guy, everybody knows this guy. Everybody, he's, he's, he's popular. He's had this, it's been like 12 years that this number one single has been on top in the charts. And now you have him marching with us. It doesn't make sense. We're not having it. We'll look at verse six. Achish called David and said, man, you got to go. You've been a good servant with me, but the Philistine leadership don't like you. And verse seven, therefore you have to go, go, peace out. Now, remember, this whole Achish thing and being with the Philistines was a ruse from the beginning. So David can't say, that's great. All right. David said in verse 8, what he's got to keep. Are y'all getting that? He's got to keep up the acting. He's got to keep up the ruse. What have I done? Achish, why don't you like me? Why don't you like me anymore? David said, what have I done that I might not go fight against you and, and the enemies of, I had y'all underline this, my Lord, the King. Wow. How far have you fallen, David? Think about that. My enemies. David is calling his own people his enemies. And he's calling Achish his king. Last I checked, wasn't Jesus the king? And are your brothers and sisters your enemies? They're not your enemies. They might be acting like your enemies, but they're not really your enemies. 
talking to my wife about this today. The real enemy is the enemy. Satan, the devil. But these are David's brothers and sisters, and yet he's calling them his enemies. David, wrong enemy, wrong king. And that's what happens when you're carnal. That's what happens when you're backslidden. Huh? You ain't heard that word in a while, have you? Backslidden. That's what happens. David, for David, this performance and award goes to the shepherd boy. David has been doing a lot of acting around Achish. Oh, you remember chapter two. David act like a crazy man and drooled his way out of the city. Don't you remember? Achish said, get out of here. I got enough nuts in the kingdom. Well, chapter 27, David acting when he came to Gath, asking for a small place to live. And now chapter 29, David is acting when he said, what have I done? I want to serve you. I want to go to battle with you and fight the enemies of my Lord, the king. And you got to wonder, his men must be freaking out. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.